Battleborn Athlete, Episode 4. You want to become a professional athlete, huh? Well, you came to the right place. This is the Battleborn Athlete with your hosts, Juwan and Christian Haynes. What's going on, everybody? We back again with another episode of the Battleborn Athlete. And today, we got a lovely person that I want you to meet. Her name is Katora Orji. And she is a 2016 Olympian. She a five-time U.S. champion, eight-time NCAA champion, and top collegiate woman of the decade. That's just an overview. And I'm going to let her tell more of her story. But again, I give you Katora or G. <laughs> hey, everyone. How you doing, Katora? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. Let's, uh, let's start off. What sport do you play? I'm a track and field athlete, and I specialize in the long jump and triple jump. Uh, nice so how so let's go to your childhood how did that all started um so I started out actually in gymnastics and I was a competitive gymnast gymnast from fourth grade up until eighth grade about and um that just takes a lot of um just takes a lot out of you if you're a competitive gymnast you work out 20 hours a week it's kind of your whole life don't have much time for family friends or anything else it's just practice in school and so after I finished eighth grade, I realized I didn't want to do this anymore. Like it wasn't enjoyable. And I had remembered that I used to race boys during recess in elementary school and I was always faster than them, always played a lot of tag games and was the fastest. So I was like, okay, let me try out track. And so <laughs> my freshman year of high school, I actually started track just to be a sprinter. And then my coach put me in some of the jumping events and I actually excelled really well in those and ended up being, uh, going to college for track, which that was not, none of that was in the plan. I just kind of the sport mm-hmm. boy I bet those boys were mad when you were beating them <laughs> I'm sure they were <laughs> what where did you grow up at I'm from New Jersey so I grew up in Mount Olive New Jersey how was the conditions there it was pretty cool rough um no it was a really a really nice neighborhood predominantly white I had great um, great teachers and great programs and activities available um, it was overall very quiet and really nice neighborhood. Oh, nice. So uh, when did you, like, when did it come to you that you were like, okay, maybe this track thing is what I need to do? Um, I think it really happened during my junior year of high school. I ended up trying out for a USA team because I was a part of a program called Project Triple Jump. And um, they encouraged me. They're like, oh, there's this thing called World Youth this summer and you can make the team. I think it'd be great exposure. And so um, I ended up trying out for the team and made the team. And so I got to compete for Team USA at World Youth Championships in Ukraine. And Mm. I got a silver medal in the long jump and a bronze medal in the triple jump. And so once I had really been exposed to the world and still excelled, um, even against the best athletes in my age group amongst the entire world that's when I was like okay this is not just something I do for fun like this is real oh wow so you can um represent USA at a young age 
Yes, you can. At World Youth, I was only a junior, and then there's also World Juniors, and I was a senior for that, a senior in high school. Oh, wow, nice. I did not know that. Okay, so let's transition to Georgia, right? That's where you went, correct? Yes. Okay, so how was the competition? What was it like playing for Georgia? What was the practice schedule? How did you work on your triple jump and all that? Um, Going to Georgia, I was definitely a little bit nervous. As I said, I was from New Jersey, and so going moving down there at 18 with no family or friends kind of nerve uh was kind of nerve-wracking and so um i feel like i dealt with the transition to college athletics well but it's definitely a hard transition because you go from just kind of having fun with your sport and like doing like easy schoolwork to being in a full-time college schedule trying Mm -hmm. to learn how to take notes and understand professors and the different way they test and teach and then on top of that going to 6 a.m weights and having two a day sometimes and have to come having to come out in the afternoon and then athletes have required tutoring so you go to tutoring and you go to mentoring and you have required meetings so it's a lot to balance Mm -hmm. but if you can find a way to schedule out your day and use your free time wisely I think that's the best way to um, excel as a student athlete because if you don't use your time wisely you're going to ask yourself like where did all the time go you're not going to have enough time to get your work done and it's honestly a lot of pressure for a young person so it, it's definitely a difficult thing to get through but I, I feel like I handled it very well and that's probably from my parents and honestly from gymnastics too because uh, as I explained I was work, working out 20 hours a week while also balancing schoolwork in middle school so at a young age I was required to do those things got you did you uh did you just do track in high school yeah, I also played volleyball. I started at my sophomore year because my high school coach told me I needed to do something in the fall to stay in shape. And I was like, I'm not running cross country. <laughs> oh, yeah, I feel that. Can you talk about like the importance of actually doing multiple sports? Because, you know, some athletes think uh, in high school, especially like they can just do one sport and get recruited. So can you talk about like how the importance of multiple sports is? Yeah, um, I think specializing is really bad at a young age because whenever you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, it almost uh, like beats those parts of the body down. Like if say Mm -hmm. if I'm a triple jumper and all I do is triple jump, I don't do anything else. That's a lot of pressure on my legs, on my knees, on my ankles. Like that's a lot to do. And when you do it over and over again, it breaks your body down. And so it also is bad mentally for you. I feel like to do the same thing over and over again you kind of get tired of it you get bored of it it seems like a chore while if you spread out your abilities and talents you can develop different areas so like volleyball I feel like I used like arm muscles and different parts of my body that I would never use in track and then it also was just a nice break to not think about like oh I have to go to the track and run these laps today or jump in the sand but it's like no I'm just gonna play volleyball today and I think as I got older people tried to discourage me from um, doing different sports because they're like what if you get injured you have a scholarship to UGA and I'm mm-hmm. like I don't think anything's gonna happen to me like this is and I won't be able to play volleyball any other time like this is the time I can do it so I really encourage any young athlete to find different sports that work different parts of your body and really um, devote your time to that because it'll pay off in the long run and it'll teach your body so many different things yeah so you do think the like playing volleyball benefited you when it comes to track yeah, I think more so mentally, actually, than physically, just to get away from the track as a whole. Got you. Um, so let's talk about what do you think was your most important uh, event or track event? 
Um, I think the like attract me. Attract me, yes. Um, I would have to go with the Olympics. <laughs> I oh. think that goes above <laughs> everything else because even when I was a gymnast, I always imagined of going to the Olympics and one day being an Olympian, and so that's something that you always envision, and it's the it's really the peak of your sport. Like that's the biggest thing anyone can accomplish, and so going to that meet and being able to compete against people that I used to watch on TV and look up to, and uh, just the entire experience—it's really amazing and it's surreal because you don't think you can end up in that position, and when you're there, you you can't wrap your head around it. Mm-hmm. So how, how how was it? How was your mindset going to the Olympics? Because we already talked to one track athlete that went to the Olympics, and she said she treated it like a college event, so she didn't get too much pressure. So what was your mindset going into the Olympics? Because I feel like it's different for everyone. Yeah, I think I went in with the same mindset, not so much as a college meet, but just Mm -hmm. I I always try to go into meets very relaxed and not putting pressure on myself because putting pressure on myself doesn't help me perform better. It just stresses me out. And so I went in. I was young. I was only 20 when I qualified for the team. And so I was kind of like, you made it here. There's no need to stress out like you've you've done Mm -hmm. what you wanted to do. So just try your best and whatever happens, happens. And it turned out really well going in with that relaxed mindset because I ended up getting fourth and at the time breaking the American record. And so that's that mindset is like something where your whole body is kind of relaxed and it's just like, we're going to do what we can do and whatever happens, we're okay with. Yeah, that's great. What was 2016's Olympics in London? No, in Rio. Rio, okay. Rio, okay. I, I bet that was nice going there yeah it was i didn't see much of like the town that much i kind of was only in the olympic village and then the track mm. um i went to go watch gymnastics one day but i didn't get to see actually much of rio it was more just the athletic facilities uh, okay when you uh saw the other athletes you know the the big big athletes were you starstruck was it like pretty cool to see all of them there yeah i i think i was trying to like hold everything in because the other team usa athletes are supposed to be my teammates but you have Mm -hmm. people there like gabby douglas and simone biles and (laughs) Mm -hmm. allison felix and like all these different people that it's like okay i know you're my teammate but i want a picture like serena williams i'm like (laughs) i i want a picture with you so it was kind of weird because i'm like i feel like i should not be fangirling over you because we made the same team but at the same time you're still serena williams so (laughs) it was me trying to like hold in those emotions and not act like a fan at the olympics oh wow that's, that's pretty cool. awesome that is yeah then um actually we're going to transition to that main question i was uh telling you about yesterday so what are five the 10 keys uh athletes should have in order to become a professional athlete yeah so i was thinking about this and it was hard not to give like i didn't want to give answers that people have given so hopefully mine are unique okay let's see (laughs) Um, (laughs) this has been pretty similar yeah (laughs) so the first one which most people probably said but it's super important is discipline and that's because even if your coach isn't there especially in track if fans aren't there if your coach isn't there if you don't have anyone helping you like you still have to go to the track that day and get your workout in you still have to do the little prehab exercises to make sure your body stays healthy you have to eat well like everything's on you and so if you're not disciplined there's not going to be a parent over you telling you do this do this do this Mm -hmm. so i think the success definitely starts from just being disciplined in everything that you do 
Um, the second thing I thought of was inner motivation. So again, if a coach isn't there to say, to inspire you, or if you don't have teammates there to push you, like you have to have that inner motivation that even in the worst times, even during COVID-19 or whatever's going on, you still have that motivation to like, I need to go out and get this done. And so you have to be able to internally motivate yourself. It can't be based off of like, well, coach isn't here today, so I'm going to be lazy. Um, the third thing was learning and understanding your sport and adapting to feedback. Mm. And so a lot of athletes, their coach will give them feedback and they're not really sure what the coach means or they don't know how to make their body do those things that the coach is saying or um, the coach is giving feedback, but they don't know anything about the sport, so they don't even understand it. And so I think a lot of it comes from like researching your sport like I have to watch triple jumpers and see what is the standard what do most people do that jump far what is the difference between what they're doing and what I'm doing and at the same time adapting my body to those things so like if my coach says this then I need to think of a way to get myself to do this because just because my coach said it doesn't mean it's going to be a snap of my fingers and I'm going to get it mm. um, the fourth thing was receiving criticism well so obviously as an athlete all you get is feedback like you need to do this better you need to do this better you can't do this and so if you get to get struck down or destroyed or get really sad from criticism you can't be a successful athlete because that's the core of athleticism and sports like you're going to get feedback and criticism and then the fifth one is just forgetting the past and so um although learning from your past mistakes is important you can't dwell on those past things that you've done you can't think about like oh my gosh three years ago I was doing this and now I can't do this or I used to be able to do this and now I can't like you can't keep reliving those past moments because they're going to affect the future even if you like if I take an approach and jump and it's terrible I still have five more jumps I can't be focused on that last jump I just took so I have to forget erase that total uh past jump and just move forward and so I think forgetting the past is is really important for athletes too Oh, that's good. Nice. That's that pretty good. good. How how do you um, how do one help or I guess for their inner motivation? What is the steps that you take in order to accomplish that? Yeah, for inner motivation, I think one of them is just wanting to win. So anyone that knows me, even if we're just playing a game that's supposed to be just for fun, like I want to win. I'm that super competitive person that's like, chill out. And so I think that drive in me is one of the things that motivates me. Like it doesn't matter if my coach isn't there or anything, because I know that if I don't get this practice in today, or if I don't give my best today, someone else is giving their best and they're going to beat me at the meet, which I hate losing. And so I think that's one of the key motivations for me, just the, the drive to win all the time at everything and be the best. Um, the second thing I think is God, um, because I feel like my talent was given to me by God. Like this isn't, my parents didn't, my parents weren't like these amazing athletes. Like I feel like God blessed me with this talent. And so when someone gives you something, you are smart with it. You take care of it. You value it. You don't just throw it away. And so mm -hmm. I feel like that is the same thing with my talent. Like I'm not going to just be like, ah, thanks God. I'm not going to really give my all. Like, thank you, but I appreciate it, but I'm good. Mm -hmm. I want to give my all and try my best and work my hardest to become the best athlete I can be and really um, maximize the talent that I was given. So I think those are my two most things that motivate me um, inside, like when nobody else even impacts that. Yeah, that's, I like that. That's good. I really like that. Uh, when it comes to, what are some like, what are the biggest trial trials that you faced in track that you started to get some doubt, but you 
ended up overcoming it. Do you have any stories like that? Yeah, um, my freshman year of college, um, I I struggled with confidence and believing that like I was as good as other athletes. So I just assumed that like, oh, this person is smarter than me or they have a better coach than me or they're mm-hmm. more developed than me. Like you just assume you go to the meet and you just assume people there are better than you. Yeah. And another issue I had was with uh, fouling. So fouling is when like when you jump, you have to be perfectly on the board. If you're mm-hmm. over the board, it's a foul. And so I think I was always like I had this fear of like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to foul. And I used to be super cautious going into the board. And so I remember there was a meet um, to qualify for nationals. It was regionals and you have to place top 16 to uh, qualify for nationals. At this point, I was ranked first in the triple jump in the nation and like sixth or something in the, trip, in the long jump. And so I, I was like, I was like, OK, I should make it like I'm, I'm one of the best in the nation. Mm-hmm. And I freaked myself out at this meet. Like, I almost didn't qualify in the long jump and almost didn't qualify in the triple jump. Dang. And it was the worst meet of my whole college career. And I remember I called my mom after crying and I was just like, I don't know what it is. I don't know why I got to this meet and I did so bad. Like, I was so upset with myself and I mm-hmm. didn't know what was going on. And so my mom was like, well, I'm going to call you every day because I talked to her about the fouling issue, like me thinking I'm going to foul and psyching myself out. And she's like, well, I'm going to call you every day. We're going to read this psalm. And we're going to pray and we're going to defeat this. Like, we're not going to, you're not going to go mm-hmm. into meets with fear anymore. And so a lot of my uh, foundation of faith and my belief and my religion all comes from my mom because she was real about it. Like, she's like, we're, she called me every day and we would pray and talk about this issue. And ever since then, I haven't had fear going into meets. And that's why I feel like I went into the Olympics my sophomore year so confident because I had uh, built that foundation with my mom of like you don't go into meets with fear like fear is not mm-hmm. what lives inside of you and so that was one of my biggest struggles the second struggle was an injury and so something about me is I'm always that person that works really hard and so my junior year when I got injured I still wanted to work really hard but that wasn't the best thing for my body and it was really hard for me to balance like okay today you should do a little bit less because in the long run this will be good for your body but in my head I'm like no doing less does not get you further but sometimes it does like nobody talks about the importance of rest and taking care of your body everybody's just like work Mm -hmm. get it in get it in wake up Mm -hmm. early and like no sleep is also really important taking care of your body is really important resting is really important watching how many reps and amount of things you're doing is also really important and so I didn't know that at the time and I was trying to battle like Oh, I'm not getting this done at practice. Everybody else is getting better and I can't do this. And I was just really mad at myself, even though I couldn't really change the fact that I was injured. And so that was the time that I learned that like, it's okay to do less sometimes because your body will benefit in the long run. And it's not going to affect, like, it doesn't mean everyone else is ahead of you because you've done less. It's like, no, you're taking care of your body. And so that was something I also had to learn. Uh, that's big facts. You're speaking facts. Those are all good. <laughs> that's all. Especially, uh, especially with the recovery thing. Um, yeah, a lot of athletes gotta understand you can't always like work all the time. You gotta take care of your body because your body's like the reason you're doing majority of the stuff. Yeah. And also, like assuming that people are better. Uh, I can relate to that because like I walked on at UNC Charlotte, and like my first thought was like, okay, now I'm with. D1 players it's like okay they're better than me already but at the end of the day they're human just like me and we bleed the Mm -hmm. same blood so yeah you can't really assume so I like that yeah that's pretty good where uh who gave you the nickname KO (laughs) I do not remember who first said that to me actually but all my teammates at UGA 
either called me Kator or KO and KO are my initials and my friend actually came up with my hashtag of KO the comp which is like knock out the competition uh. and so <laughs> that has been something that's been a part of my brand ever since he came up with that and most people call me KO now because of that hashtag that's pretty awesome yeah what um what do you mean about your no limits i believe it's uh can't remember oh take leaps no limits yeah yeah um so i actually have a blog about this on my website so if anyone listening wants to check that out www.katoraorgy.com k-e-t-u-r-a-h-o-r-j-i um but take leaps blog (laughs) Flash block, thank you. Um, (laughs) But take leaps really comes from the fact that I'm a triple jumper and we literally take leaps. But it also comes from the fact that I've had to face a lot of fears and just kind of dive into things. I've always been a kind of shy and quieter person. And so I never did public speaking. I never did mentoring. I never really did anything because I was just like, uh, I'm I'm nervous. I'm shy. I don't want to do that. But someone kind of... uh, persuaded me and convinced me to like start trying to do public speaking and so I was Mm -hmm. super nervous about it but I got into it and I really was good at it and so that's one of the examples of like me just taking like you have to just take leaps in life you can't Mm -hmm. you can't like prepare sometimes you want to like oh I'm gonna get all of my things together I'm gonna vacuum my room and put this away and put this here and put this here and we just keep adding things to the list like okay I'm almost I'm almost ready I'm almost ready but it's like at some point you just gotta go in you can't keep organizing everything and preparing and preparing like you gotta just jump in you gotta take the leap and so that's where the take leaps comes from and then no limits comes from uh, me breaking through so many barriers not only myself but in women's triple jump in America. So my fourth place finish at the 2016 Olympics is actually the highest finish by an American female triple jumper. And Mm. the triple jump, the history of triple jump in America is it's always been a weaker event for us. We haven't had as much success as like the 100 meters, the sprints, the distance. We have so much success in those events. But in the women's triple jump, we have really struggled. And so from me breaking the American record to then um, going to Rio and placing fourth, just the different the collegiate record all the different records i've been able to break those are all things i've been able to break through and so that uh, no limits kind of just shows like you don't don't put a limit on yourself because the things you're able to accomplish are really you can't even think or imagine the things that you're able to accomplish wow that's good nice yeah i do like that uh that hashtag that's a pretty good hashtag for your brand thanks um you should be verified i don't understand (laughs) <laughs> I actually, hey, I actually was verified, but you I got was? hacked. Oh yes, my but I, goodness! I, I got That's hacked, good. and so Team USA asked me if I wanted it back, but I said no because the hacking, the whole hacking uh, process was actually really stressful. Like they got into my email, and I thought they were trying to get my bank information. Like it was honestly oh, so stressful, wow. and I was just like, nah, don't give me the. If the people are going to be hacking me, don't give me that. Uh, that that oh, back. Dang, that, yeah. that scares me. I ain't trying to verify. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you just need a stronger password. <laughs> um, oh, who, what was your, or excuse me, what is your most inspirational quote that you took with you throughout your career? Um, I wish I could look up the whole thing, but it is by, there's a poem by Marion Williamson 
that talks about our deepest fears, not that we are inadequate. Mm-hmm. Our deepest fear is that we are more powerful beyond measure or something like that. Yeah. And it's like our light that we fear, not that not our darkness and that we should shine our light when it, when we like when we are confident in everything that we can be and we shine that light on other people, it helps others. And so I love that quote because as I was saying before, I'm a really shy, quiet person. Well, I always have been that. And so it talks about how our fear is really our deepest fear is not that we are like weak it's just that we're strong and we hide that strong we don't want to make people uncomfortable so we hide that strength or we hide that knowledge or whatever it is and instead of doing that we need to shine our light and help other people and other people will feel comfortable shining their light too when you when you do that and so i i love that quote and i take it everywhere i go it's great i like that yeah i do like that quote as well Hmm. who would you say uh inspires you to get into track um I don't think I was it like maybe a someone that was already in a track or who would you say not I don't think I really had an inspiration to get into track I think it was more me knowing that I was fast but an athlete that has inspired me a lot is Serena Williams Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I feel like she expects greatness from herself at all times she expects herself to win she expects herself to be the best and she does not settle for less ever and I love that about her. And I also love that she has received so much backlash for whether it's her attitude, her weight, her size, what she says, how she looks, how she reacts. And she doesn't care. Like, she's still going to go into the game with all that same fierceness, that anger, that drive to win. And she's not going to hold that in. Like, she's going to mm-hmm. be Serena Williams no matter what. And I yeah. love that about her. She doesn't change who she is, even though she's received so much criticism. Yeah. And that just comes when you're great. It's just going to happen. Yeah. Did yeah. you did you have anything else for the people? Um, I don't think so. I think if I just want to say if there are athletes listening to always remember that you are more than an athlete and don't let anyone label you as, oh, that's the football player. That's the basketball player. Mm-hmm. That's the Olympian. That's the NCAA champion. Like, no, you are much more than your accomplishments. And if you don't do well in your sport, that's okay because you have so many other talents too and i think our society sometimes just puts too much pressure on just sports like sports 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 like that's what you are and it's like no you're much more than that so even if you fail in whatever you want to do in sports you have so many other talents to excel in too so i just want to encourage people in that like it's i'm not only a track and field athlete i i do many other things too and you should think the same about yourself define yourself by more things than just an athlete know your worth i feel that yes (laughs) what did what did you major in in college uh my under my my bachelor's degree is in financial planning and my master's degree is in sport management got it we got um a bachelor's degree and master's nice that's clutch yes knowledge is power (laughs) indeed (laughs) joan just got accepted into uh, grad school where yeah, so uh new hampshire Southern nice new hampshire. congrats thank you thank you thank you thank you um <laughs> what what have you been doing uh during these unprecedented times with training um now that everything's open i'm back to normal training but before that i was going to just grassy parks and working out there i'd bought some dumbbells and like different things to try to do weights but it really wasn't as effective as actually being in a weight room and so that was how i was handling practice and then as far as like my personal life i love to read i actually 
I'm a book club and I read at least two books every month and I have a goal of reading 30 books this year. So mm-hmm. I love to read and uh, I also am trying to learn Spanish. I took some Spanish in high school, but I really love the language. So I've just been like doing like my own little Spanish lessons on an app called Duolingo. Oh yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. nice. What's, uh, yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite book so far? Ever? <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Oh, that's hard. I know you read a lot, probably. That's hard. I mean, I loved Becoming because I love Michelle Obama. Mm. But Mm. the book wasn't, the book definitely had like some boring parts. The way she writes is very like eloquent and she's like, she has like a very extensive vocabulary. So some of the parts I'm like, okay, Michelle, like on to the (laughs) next part. Mm. But I love the story of like reading about her and Barack and how they got together. Um, Another book I read is A Thousand Splendid Sons. And that is i think it takes place in the middle east and it just brings light to like women's rights there and the abuse that goes on with women and just issues with that it was fiction but you just learned a lot about the culture there and i really like that book because it kept me interested Hmm. nice (laughs) yeah (laughs) well thank you so much couture for giving your time onto all the information about you your journey and how to become an af- or a professional athlete. Yeah, no problem. This was fun. And then can you tell everybody your social media links? Yes. So on Twitter, I am at Katora Orgy. And I'll spell that again one more time. Katora is K-E-T-U-R-A-H Orgy, O-R-J-I. Orgy is a Nigerian last name, by the way. Mm-hmm. I know some people are thinking about other things. And then my Instagram is at KTOR1, K-T-O-R-R-1. And then I have the website, as I mentioned before, with different different blogs, my competition schedule, and just learning different things about me on there. Oh, perfect. Thank you again so much. Yeah. You were great. This was awesome. Thank yes. you. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, that is it. We are signing off. And thank you again to Katoro Orji. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this podcast. Go and check out some more on our newly made website. It's going to be linked on our Instagram bio, which is, if you haven't already known, Battleborn underscore athlete. Also, we have a Facebook page. All you have to do is type in Battleborn athlete. Go ahead and give us a five star. Go ahead and give us a like. Follow the page so you can see more and more athletes and hear their stories. Once again, thank you so much, and we'll see you again.